Welcome, everyone, to Spark My Muse. This is Lisa Colon-Dile, and you're listening to Soul School. I don't know the episode because I'm recording this ahead of time, and that number will be added later in the title for this program. I am on sabbatical right now, and this will be released in a schedule. I'm going on a sabbatical for February, March, and April, and I might be a little harder to get a hold of. Hopefully, you won't see too much of me on social media, as I will be taking more rest, being in contact with people face-to-face and nature, and volunteering in Puerto Rico, my homeland. I want to read to you from The Wildland Within, the book I published with Broadleaf Books in April 2001. One of the reasons I'm motivated to do this is because I truly feel like this is my life's work. I was considering writing this book since 2009, And when I finally was able to write it, it contains a lot of things I had been thinking about since that time. I wish this book had come out at another time, besides the height of the pandemic, when people were thinking about just surviving and living. There wasn't a whole lot of bandwidth to think about doing inner work. And so if I want to write again and get another contract, this book has to sell a lot more copies. And I think what's available in this book is well worth it. So I want to give you a taste, if you're not familiar with it from page 173. If you've already bought my book, I thank you so much. I ask that you grab the book again, read it again, buy a book for a friend, and work through it together. That would bring a lot of encouragement and support to me. The section I'm going to read starts on page 173, and it's called Rooting Action in Spiritual Formation. And the reason why I wanted to write to this very specifically is because spiritual formation and certain spiritual practices are not done just to make us into better people and live healthier lives. They're really to make the world a better place. And if they just begin and end with us, it's solipsistic. It's self-ambitious or self-gratifying. And that doesn't really get us anywhere. I've said a lot of times that I think self-help, when we speak of self-help, I think it is kind of an erroneous understanding of how help works among social mammals. Humans in particular get help in and through relationships and connections. They get hurt that way as well. We get hurt, traumatized through our relationships and connections, but we can't heal in isolation. We can only heal through building trust and valuable connections and healing connections and relationships. And so we can't be helped just by ourselves. We can get some tips and pointers and insights through self-help, but unless it's acted out with other people, it's not actualized. It's just a theory, and it might be a very, very little help and not transforming at all to us. Our inner world is only transformed through connections and relationships. So from page 173, our journeys into our flyover countries, our wilderness within, can never be merely about our own personal renewal or healing. We are each a wild land among many. Facilitating the restoration in our relationships and in our connections and networks is how we begin the greater work of healing. Each person from the inside out and our society at large must move toward these purposes. It gives us an extraordinary sense of meaning and gladness to be a part of God's ongoing and infinite restorative work of shalom. And shalom means wholeness, well-being. Henry Nouwen underscores this relationship of inner healing 
and outer action well. Christian life is not a life divided between times for action and times for contemplation. No, real social action is a way of contemplation, and real contemplation is the core of social action. Being grounded spiritually is how we build resolve and resilience for compassionate action. It gives us ongoing strength for putting things right in our surroundings and the greater world. As we become more transparent, more rooted in God's love, we can band with others and begin the long haul towards restoration, reconciliation, and justice in our communities and the greater world. I find a beautiful example of how to be firmly rooted in spiritual practices and work tirelessly for justice of the lives of the intrepid Americans involved in the civil rights movement in the mid-20th century. These leaders guided us towards a deeply spiritual way of being in the world. This fueled their active resistance towards violence and sustained them to carry on to long-awaited freedoms and hoped-for victories. In his first book, Stride Towards Freedom, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. illuminated six principles that undergird his philosophy of nonviolence. These principles point to both an ideology of change and a grounded spirituality. Number one, nonviolence is not passive but requires courage. Number two, nonviolence seeks reconciliation, not defeat of an adversary. Number three, nonviolent action is directed at eliminating evil, not destroying an evildoer. Number four, a willingness to accept suffering for the cause, if necessary, but never to inflict it. Number five, a rejection of hatred, animosity, or violence of the spirit, as well as a refusal to commit physical violence. Number six, faith that justice will prevail. These principles stand as righteous pillars of defiance against cruelty and injustice. They are seated with a boldness and fortitude sourced in a deeper reality. Dr. King clarifies that the preparation for this kind of work is self-purification. This is composed of the, quote, cleansing of anger, selfishness, and violent attitudes of the heart and soul, as he said. This is indeed the cultivation of places in the land within. Because of his commitment to eradicating second-class status for blacks, Reverend Fred Shuttlesworth, the founder of the Alabama Christian Movement for Human Rights, stated, quote, we appeal to the citizenry of Birmingham, Negro and white, to join us in this witness for decency, morality, self-respect, and human dignity. This organization collaborated with other groups in the movement to desegregate public facilities and to attain equal employment opportunities for black citizens of Birmingham. Their actions created a heightened national awareness of the rampant police brutality in Birmingham and the need for further protection for human rights of black Americans and contributed to the passage of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Beyond being effective in the specific cases of injustice, the organization was centered on nurturing the spiritual fruit that could power and sustain those striving together. A life rich in contemplative practices and selflessness was a prerequisite to becoming involved. I want to back up just a moment and talk about the six points that Martin Luther King Jr. speaks about with regards to nonviolence. I think it's very important to understand that our ideas of nonviolence first begin with our ideas of nonviolence toward ourselves. 
a peacefulness to ourselves, a grace to ourselves, a kindness and friendship to ourselves. Too few of us understand that, let alone live it out. And so we can't expect to be nonviolent in our thoughts and actions towards others. And this type of way of being creates walls and disconnections and alienation. What Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. speaks about, this willingness to accept suffering for the cause, rejection of hatred and animosity, all of those things has to do in every single way with relationships and connections. This isn't solitary work. This is not work that happens in solitude and disconnection. This is all interactive with other humans. But firstly, it is interactive with the deepest parts of our inner selves, with a reconciling of who we are in God and our inherent worth. Because we are alive, we are worth every dignity. Thank you so much for listening today. It's my pleasure to read to you from The Wild Land Within, which I feel like was co-created. I tried to cooperate the best I could with what I feel was given to me, and that is the honor of my life. Please stay tuned for all the episodes coming up in March. Even though I'm on sabbatical, there will be regularly scheduled programs. Connect with me at sparkmymuse.com, and you can support my work, helping me to do volunteer work in Puerto Rico. Your financial contributions mean an awful lot. Until the next time, I wish you blessing and peace.